Well, hey there, my little murder muffins. (laughs) Welcome to another installment of Gruesome Gut Slaughter for the Girlies. (laughs) This week, we're going to dive right into Australia's dark underbelly, take you through the case about a man known only as the Grunter. Now, the Grunter has never been caught, so he could still be out there somewhere getting away with shitting and rooting all over the place. So stay safe out there. I'm here with one of the lead investigators on the case, that's Theo, and he believes the Grunter may be hiding somewhere in Westfield, Carindale. Theo, which shop do you believe the Grunter is most likely residing in? Well, look, I think the thing is to, to keep in mind is that uh, the Grunter could be in any of the shops. It could be in your uh, it could be in your H&Ks, it could be in uh, your uh, bloody Lowe's. Uh, watch Can you out for Lowe's? it. There's there's definitely a Lowe's at Westfield Carindale. I bought if there two is, pairs of have to ruggers that from that Lowe's today. <laughs> I, I was there one hour ago. Uh, and especially be on the lookout in Gorman. Mm. Uh, mm. Very, very, uh, very Gorman-centric uh, guy. So, uh, and it's also important to keep in mind, just take whatever I say as golden, uh, mm. by the way. Yeah, so um, if you can just take what I say and just repeat it to your listeners... Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be that'd be great. Thanks for thanks for doing doing us cops proud on uh, murder mysteries and and girl histories or whatever it is yeah, you guys yeah. are doing. You're welcome. The Grunter yeah. does wear Gorman, purely Gorman. <laughs> you wouldn't know that about the Grunter, but it's true. Yeah, it looks, looks so great, colourful. but such a such good prices as well. <laughs> oh, it's cheap. You know, it's a bargain. Love uh-huh. Gorman. Uh, also with me is Ben, former close friend of the Grunter, who was shocked to find his friend was responsible for a slew of rooting and shitting across the Brisbane area. Ben, do you think the Grunter was born evil, or was it the Brisbane climate that made him mad? It's so hard to ascribe human morality to the Grunter. Mm. Uh, he is ostensibly a man, maybe. That's still unclear at yeah. this juncture. But, you know, he's just... Do we do we blame a bird for flying? Mm. Do we criticize a fish for swimming? You know, the the grunter roots and shits because that that's what a grunter does. Mm, he's he's not, a platonic ideal of of the grunter. Yeah, the grunter is the grunter. Mm. And it's hard to tell if he would continue doing what he does if he hadn't gone for a swim in the Brisbane River and uh sucked in the dark seed, mm. corrupting his soul. True. Uh, There's two things that happen if you drink water from the Brisbane River accidentally. One is your stomach explodes like that one guy, (laughs) or you turn into the grunter. (laughs) And we hope there's only one grunter out there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No, terrifying to think about. That would be the one thing that we didn't want to happen if there was more than one grunter. It's time, of course, for this is the one thing we didn't want to happen. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. We're going to go through so many fucking stories without Andrew yeah, here today. It's, <laughs> it's only, it's it's only three minutes in. <laughs> Just as an aside. I don't aside, have any anecdotes. If you're one of the people listening to this show who likes photoshopping things and you want to make a mock-up version of the Devil Wears Prada poster, but it's the Grunter Wears Gorman, um, <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. I that love would be, that. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so this was... Uh, I, I've been badgered to do this story uh, by a friend of the show, my friend and boss, Beck, uh, who's told me about something that's important important that's happening in Canada that we have neglected to report on. Uh, this is a story from... I didn't say where. Interesting. Anyway, the headline is, Coyote Attacks... Con- oh, it's from CBC. Coyote Attacks Continue in Burlington, Ontario, as City Reports' seventh incident. Huh. Like, that's yep. a lot. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a few coyote attacks, right? Yeah. Now, and to me, a coyote is something that exists, like, in the wild. Or, yes. like, perhaps in, in like, a uh, Warner Brothers cartoon. Mm. They're not... You don't think of them as a traditionally uh, metropolitan creature. No. Uh, Burlington, as of the 2016 census, had a population of 183,000. Oh. oh, that's so, like, so it's many not, it's like coyote attacks per capita. One and a half Mackays. Yeah, it's about one and a half Mackays, which is the useful metric that we all use for town size. It's almost a Hobart. It's two-thirds of a Hobart, <laughs> and uh, it's about three Harvey Bays, I think. Mm. 
Officials in Burlington, Ontario are reporting a seventh attack on a resident by a wild coyote. The city of Burlington said the incident took place at a home on Lakeshore Road near Tuck Creek at around midday on Saturday. That resident must be worn out by now. (laughs) (laughs) That's just fun you could have with semantic ambiguity. The city said a woman was in the back of her yard resting when a coyote bit her knee. She was taken to hospital and treated, oh. officials said. Resting is like, what it's do you a mean? strange phrase. Like, were you sunbaking? Yeah. Just was resting. She lying in a hammock yeah. when a coyote grabbed her by the knee? Just sitting still in a, in a deck chair for six hours at a time. <laughs> was she just copping a sw- squat and resting for a spell? Is this like a, is this like a eyes are heavy resting or is this a convalescing resting? Or could it just be resting, like, in a longer sort of term of just, like, taking a breather from the stress of life for a couple of months? Could be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. The coyote attack is the latest in a string of incidents reported in the Burlington area. On September 11, the city activated a crisis management team to respond Uh to the attacks after a resident was attacked at a long-term care home in the area. That's the worst thing that's ever happened on September 11. Uh, Yeah, it sure is. Uh Uh-huh. That attack took place just after 8am on Saturday morning when a coyote attacked a resident on a patio at a home on New Street in the Roseland area. Another coyote has hit, has hit the resident. <laughs> Quote, she was relaxing and awoke to the pain of a coyote biting her in the hip area. Oh. So there's a common theme here. It's a theme here. Don't relax. Just don't rest. If yeah. you if you are gonna be just malingering on your like deck or something in Burlington, Arlington, where Burlington, are we? Burlington, yeah. Coyote's just gonna run up and bite you on the dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's so just that, accepted fact. That now. guy looks like he's slacking off. Yeah, the the world is gonna spawn one sort of behind you out of your field of vision, and it will be in aggressive mode. Sort of like the uh, random enemy spawns when you go to sleep in Morrowind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is like that. She was relaxing and awoke to the pain of the coyote, biting her in the hip area, city spokesperson Carla Marshall High previously up said. As in well. release. Yeah. Really the coyote. Oh, no. The coyote was startled when she woke up, but tried to approach her again. She was able to scare it away. Burlington Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. Interesting. Said on September 13th that she believed the attacks may be caused by a family of coyotes. Just a really angry family. Yeah. Yeah, Bad genes. (laughs) In the blood, I guess. We've got some coyotes with the evil gene here, it says. (laughs) She said that the assessment was made following recent consultations with the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry on the previous six coyote encounters in the city. So they've looked at the encounters and they've gone, this can't be the work of one coyote. No, it could just be one extremely pissed off. (laughs) But it doesn't make sense for there to be just multiple coyotes. Therefore, it's some sort of family unit. Quote, they are territorial. Yeah, and their bonds are strong. (laughs) One family could take up as much as a 15-kilometer radius, and all of the attacks (laughs) have occurred well within that. (laughs) Mead Ward previously told 900 CHML's Hamilton today. That's a long way to, to roam. And a lot of effort to kind of keep your territory, especially if there's... There must be, like, upwards of 100 or 150 pensioners in that 15K radius that they've got to bite on the hip. If they see them chilling, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just Just waiting till someone's relaxing. Just trying to send some downtime. Yeah, now's my chance. (laughs) Quote, so the first three we were able to identify and euthanize that coyote. Sorry to hear that. Uh-huh. But there are other members of that same family that we are now tracking with the help of the yeah, mystery staff. Yeah, and now they've got a fucking vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> you John Wicked the coyotes. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking they're back. <laughs> <laughs> the coyote behind the most recent attack is described as having, quote, the same characteristics, a smaller sandy-coloured coyote yeah. as kind the of coyote attack. Teeth, yeah. etc. Coyote-shaped, coyote-coloured. <laughs> Smells like coyote. Mm. Walks like a coyote. Officials are reminding residents to report sightings and telling them not to feed wild animals. Burlington residents can be docked $300 for hand feeding or ground feeding wildlife on private or public property. That's Quote, my business. 
People may feel that they're well-meaning by feeding wildlife, but they're actually signing their death warrant, said Mead Ward. What? Like their death warrant yeah. or the animal's death warrant? Oh, uh, yeah. I get you. I, I guess it could be. It's ambiguous. It's probably the animals. Yeah. I thought it was the... Yeah, if you feed them, they're going to fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah. If you give a hamburger patty to that coyote, it's going to come back the moment you start watching TV and bite your fucking legs off. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to contain this problem. My recommendation to the citizens of Burlington, Ontario, is to get the fuck out of there. And how would you leave? You'd leave on a plane. It's time for Plainly Speaking. Uh, This is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Don't know if they'd have an airport there in... Burlington. Oh, Probably they've not. got an airport for sure. <laughs> if Harvey Bay has an airport, population around 60,000, Burlington, Ontario has an airport. Or Let's at least a out. guy with a light plane. The Burlington Executive Airport Code is CZBA. Makes sense. They've got an executive airport. What's going on in Burlington? That's cool. That's pretty fucking fancy. Hmm. What? They need to get out of there if the coyote situation gets too hot. That's, they've only just built it. <laughs> <laughs> we have no other choice. Uh, this is a story from Deseret News. Man angry about flight cancellation carjacks multiple vehicles, causes five crashes, police say. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. It is yeah. really annoying. It's pretty never annoying. Had a, it's never pretty had a annoying. Cancelled on me entirely while I was there. I've had yeah. it delayed substantially, but never cancelled. That'd be fucked. A man angry about his flight being cancelled at the Salt Lake City International Airport early Friday carjacked two cars and tried to steal two more, then hit several vehicles in Salt Lake and Summit counties <laughs> where he was taken into custody, police say. Why did so, he do that? Yeah, this is this is strange to me because if he was if he was like running late for his flight, it's like I gotta catch that flight, get out of that car. But no, he's gone there. They've gone, uh, so unfortunately, uh, uh, flight has been cancelled. We apologise. Uh, it's it's out of our hands. We're not going to pay for your uh, for your accommodation because this is not due to our fault or whatever. And he's gone. You know what? It's time for about four hours of psycho time. Yeah, I'm going to do that thing where you get bored at Grand Theft Auto. Where you just see how many stars you can get, how quickly. <laughs> The wild morning began about 5am when Salt Lake Police received information about a 20-year-old man who became combative at the airport after becoming upset. That is so early to start, your fucking spree. Maybe he hadn't had his first cup of coffee. Yeah, no, they were talking to him before he even had it. Got up early for his flight and it was cancelled. That would make you mad. Like if he's... You'd be fuming. They'd put you on the next plane. You'd be fuming. Like if (laughs) if the police got the call at 5am, it's pretty reasonable to assume he's been there for like... Half an hour, yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. This guy's been up at like 3.30 in the morning. He hasn't had his morning cup of joe. Yep. They've told him his flight's cancelled. They've given him a $10 voucher for the Mad Max in the food court. Uh-huh. Is this Utah to Denver? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He probably had business. I don't there. think that's far. Yeah. Uh, he became combative at the airport after becoming upset that his flight to Denver had been cancelled, said Salt Lake Police spokesman Brent Weisberg. Quote, as our officers were heading to the scene, they learned that the pastor had actually left the area and had carjacked someone at the airport, he said. (laughs) Now, really takes off from here. Was he driving in Denver or just for fun? Yeah, that was my other option, right? That he's just like, fuck it. I just enjoy, I'm I'm so in love with the thought that they're like, sorry, sir, your flight's cancelled and his PVP flag is flicked on. Yeah. He's done the really janky GDA 3 walk over to a car, set a wisecrack as he's, like, pulled the guy out. (laughs) This is mine now. (laughs) The man left the area in the stolen vehicle and crashed into another vehicle near the intersection of 900 West and 2100 South, according to Weisberg. The man then made a U-turn and allegedly crashed into a second car. Maybe he doesn't know how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) So he just give it a go. bisexual. (laughs) The man then tried to steal an SUV and the female driver, <laughs> who was wearing a seatbelt, pushed the man away and told him to get away from her as he tried to pull her from the hey, seat, Weisberg said. Hey. He gave up hey. and took off in the car he had taken at the airport. Police say the man then got onto the freeway towards South Salt Lake, where he hit another vehicle and nearly crashed into a building at uh, 2860 Southwest Temple. Yeah, this guy just doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> he is just going 
crazy mode. <laughs> he's been he's been sent mad by the uh, uh, Salt Lake City smell. Yeah. Mm. The, the classic SLSC. SLSS I'm going to go with. Not... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I am slowly losing my mind. Yeah. How do you reckon I, you spell city? I think... Salt Lake City Police initially reported that the man used a gun during that carjacking, but in a later update, they said they were, quote, working to determine whether the man used a firearm during his carjacking. So he didn't. No. That's just like the man had never even seen a gun in his life. The man drove the Dodge Durango east on Interstate 80 and is accused of causing five crashes, including two driving up Parley's Canyon. One was a rollover near Parley's Summit, and the next crash happened about two miles away. It's this whole fucking city switched to GTA (laughs) physics. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Two people were taken to hospital with injuries that did not appear to be life-threatening, said Utah Highway Patrol Sergeant Cameron Roden. After the stolen vehicle was disabled in the fifth crash, the man tried to carjack more vehicles on the eastbound side of traffic, Roden said, but he was unsuccessful in those efforts. In for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> the man These then- are V-carjackings. <laughs> the man then tried to go into the westbound lanes, quote, throwing rocks and hitting a truck. <laughs> The vehicle stopped and the driver got out of the pickup truck, according to Rodan. The owner had removed the keys from the ignition, which prevented the man from taking it. Yeah, good good thinking. So he's crashed his car again. He started yeah. picking up rocks and throwing them at passing cars. <laughs> One the of the guys... Like, hey, stop that. It's been like, don't. Taking the keys out. The original guy's been like, ha-ha, I'm going to take your car. Got into the guy's ute and been like, where are the keys? Yeah, my one weakness. <laughs> Realised that he can't take it. Uh, two Summit County Sheriff's deputies arrived and pulled the man from the pickup and safely took him into custody about 6.15am. So this took an hour and 15 minutes. He's got so many crashes in that time. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. It's a lot. He was taken to hospital for observation. He's fit. And police say he'll later be booked into the Summit County Jail for an investigation of multiple 20. charges. He's 20. Yeah, he's 20. 20 year olds can that do that. youthful mm. enthusiasm. You want to go on a one hour, 15 rampage? But he's not even going to be hung over the next day. Yeah, no, his he's knees not even won't going to be hurt. tired. Yeah. yeah. Ready Back to do it again. Yeah. He's going to pop out of jail the first time that uh, the, the policeman falls asleep, uh, kind of leans his chair back, hitting, yeah. the, uh, hitting the bars, keys dangling. He's going to take those keys, go into the armory, get a Spaz 12, maybe an M4 from there. I don't think you can say that anymore. Steal a. <laughs> He's going to go onto the airstrip immediately getting five stars. Uh-huh. He's going to get into a small plane that's in the hangar and then he's going to hop over to an island he hasn't even unlocked yet. <laughs> yep. It's probably good this guy didn't get on the floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably for the best. I like, don't think I'd want to be sitting next to this guy. What if this is like a sliding doors thing where yeah. this never happened to him and like he went to that job interview in Denver and got the job? And like he had a perfectly fine day where none of this happened. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. None of this is his fault. He was actually bitten by a coyote in his sleep. <laughs> mm, that rabies and went crazy. And he's gone feral. And yeah. so if he'd gotten on that flight, he'd be biting people's faces. Yeah. Just be like, oh, fuck you. And just like, go, 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 turning into the grunter mid-flight. Yeah. This is the best case scenario. <laughs> doing, a, doing a handstand and shitting into the <laughs> air vents. <laughs> Podcasts. They're nature's greatest natural resource and it's important that they're harvested sustainably. Editing, production, fart sound effects. These are all important resources from our local ecosystems. That's why we're asking you to go to patreon.com slash Vista and pledge five US dollars a month to help support the healthy growth of a homegrown podcast like Bunta Vista. In exchange, you'll get an extra sustainably farmed episode every week, access to our Discord, and a naturally pristine, promo-free podcast feed. Thank you for helping look after one of nature's most precious resources. Well, this is just one of the many things that Zoomers are up to, I guess. Uh, and it is carjacking. <laughs> yeah. It is actually, is... that is probably one of our main contact points with Zoomer culture at this point. <laughs> yeah. Carjacking. That's all we've got. That's what I know they're into. They like vaping, carjacking, and some fast foods. Yeah. And it's time to find out which fast foods in from this letter that got sent into the Punta Vista hotline. One eight hundred three one seven five one five. 
That's the point of Easter Hot Club. 1-800-317-515. That's the point of Easter Hot Line. You can send us an email. Mailbag at Maybe DM us on Twitter. You could even message Facebook, but we don't really check the Facebook. It is. That's true. Uh, this is an email that was sent in to us uh, from listener Nathaniel. Uh, I'm going to get you guys to look in the document. Uh, which is something I would normally never ask you to do because there's a graph in there you're going to want to have eyes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathaniel writes, Hello, lovely hosts, which I think is just the three of us. Hey. Mm, definitely. I was listening to episode 272, brackets, millions of hog dollars, and realized I could help with your question on Zoom of fast food preferences. I'm a high school teacher in an Australian public school and figured I'd put the question to several of my junior classes, mostly year <laughs> seven and eight students. <laughs> which are 13 oh slash 14-year-olds. Hey guys, here's a question from a podcast yeah. I listen to. <laughs> Under no circumstances, can you listen to it? <laughs> I asked them to rank various options from F to S tier and have attached the summary of their ratings so you can see it for yourselves. Amazing. Yeah, that's in terms that they understand. Yes. There's some work here. Yeah. They consistently voted for KFC as their S tier preference, followed by sushi. That's it's worth so f- noting... Okay that I work in a fairly high socioeconomic area, so that probably has something to do with it too. But they also rated Nando's quite highly. When Mm. listening, I suspected that Guzman and Gomez was going to be a favourite, and that appears to be true. There were big McDonald's fans when asked more about it, but were also mad that I didn't include HSP as an option. Is that still cool? Yeah, I mean, it's just objectively good. I don't think it's trendy anymore. You know when it was like a meme food there for a while? Yeah, for a while there. It's fucking tasty though. Mm. Uh, this is consistent with any type of excursion, too, where students will almost always immediately ask if they can go to McDonald's. So I'm glad that hasn't changed. Yeah. Because that seems like a universal experience. Mm. I'm seeing salsas really low. Really yeah. low. No Int- fans of salsas, which I don't is think correct because yeah. it's garbage. Yeah, I don't the think there's any actually... room for salsas in, no. in Australia's market. Get it uh, out of here. Get it out of here. If you've got a salsa, shut it down. I'm sick of looking at it. If you yeah. have a salsas or a sombrero, kill you. No. <laughs> uh, the groups also agreed that pizza was great, but had different opinions on which franchise and said it was an unlikely pick if out with friends. You're not having a couple of slices of a czar? No you bros? You're not czarring together? Wow. Strange. There's definitely a difference in their personal preferences compared to what they would get with a group of friends, but the average Zoomer in my school isn't anti-Nando's. Hope this sheds some light on the 40-minute talking point. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Almost sounds like, like it a does. criticism, Nathaniel. <laughs> Smooches, friend of the show, Nathaniel. Now, yeah, so he's given th- this to us as a... Uh, Theo, how would you describe this type of chart? I wouldn't know, but... It's very visually appealing. It so, is. Yeah. He's, he's got the proportions and... How do we read this? Well, you, the S tier is in the dark blue. Yeah. In the dark blue, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that a scatter plot? Is that what a scatter plot is? No. No, a scatter plot's just a regular ass plot. Mm. Yeah, I've got no fucking idea what this, but, uh, what this is, but it's you, from looking at it, you can get a pretty good idea that they love sushi... They love KFC. Love KFC. They, they love and, KFC. And, and S tier as well. That's bizarre to me. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Although I guess when, as a kid, they've not had time to get disgusted by it yet. Yeah. Like that happens over time. Like you get into your 20s and you're just like. Yeah, every time that I, you need a, a, to make the correlation like a few hundred times to go, every time I eat KFC. I have to lie down for four hours and yeah. then shit my pants. Mm. I think also, like, every time you go to KFC, there's, like, a 5% loot drop chance of getting a beak or a foot. Yeah. And so I think the more Depends times... Depends what you're getting. You know? Depends what you're getting. And plus there's always just, like, one teenager and maybe a pit bull behind the counter if so you're young. lucky. They're yeah. the youngest so young. ones. They're, and like, they're just 14. Like, and they're just, like, yelling at each other um, yeah. the whole time. It's... 
organized chaos. Yeah, my recollection the last time I went to KFC is that the kitchen always has some sort of really high frequency beeping going on as well. The like time. they're trying to stress them out on purpose. Yeah, yeah. the fire alarms are going off constantly. I had yeah. KFC yesterday, I'll be honest. What yeah. the fuck? What do you even order had, at KFC? So I had food poisoning this week, uh-huh. which I've so never had. So it was a little treat. I got it from sushi. I did uh-huh. not get it from KFC. And then I didn't eat for a couple of days. And then when I did, I got a KFC twister. And then I had some diarrhea. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think there was a causal relationship between... I don't think so. I those, think it was um, a perfect thing to eat after having an extremely sore stomach. What a fucking interesting decision you made. Oh, I need good. a treat to settle my stomach. <laughs> Christ. Uh, they are not that keen on Hungry Jacks to look yeah. at. Pretty middling mm. on it. Not super keen on Lord of the Fries either. I think they think Red Rooster is chuggy. I'm surprised anyone's eating Red Rooster. It's yeah. still got some some S tier on Red Rooster. Which is weird because Red Rooster is now trying to muscle in on KFC territory. All their billboards in Brisbane are about how they do oh, fried chicken they? as well. It's not going to happen. No, it's never going to fucking happen, Red Rooster. Give up. Spud Bar is Spud yeah. absolutely going, hey, demolished. You guys, uh, you guys want to go down to Spud Bar after school? That's, I feel like Fuck that's Gen off. X shit. <laughs> You're uninvited from my birthday party. <laughs> Grilled, surprisingly, like uh, a lot of B's and C's there, yeah. but few F's, which is weird because I thought Grilled's again was shit for millennials. But uh, they like Noodle Box, that I can understand. They feel okayish about Mad Mex. They are actually pretty on the money with the ranking of the various Mexican places. They've yeah. got Salsas mm. and Zombrero are down Garbage. in the fucking pits because Trash. they suck ass. Absolutely heinous. I would have liked to have seen some better rankings for Mad Mex personally, but I think that might just be my personal preferences there. Yeah, Guzman Gomez, I think, has... They've got the financial kind of backing just to steamroll... Everyone else, and They're I think that's of, sad because mm. I don't, I don't mind a Mad Max. I think that the serving size is more appropriate to me because Guzman, you either get like a a tiny. burrito the size of a Tic Tac box, or you go the large, which is you know something you can fight off attackers with if if you need to if you're in a carjacking or. A, Coyote bite situation. These are some great callbacks you're doing to earlier segments. Uh, I'm loving yeah, it. You, hey, you remember that from three minutes ago? <laughs> we also got like 40 emails about this. Yeah. Uh, like more than we have ever received about <laughs> anything else. In the wake of the, the milk bag saga, we got an unbelievable <laughs> amount of emails about that. Uh, and then this happened and I'm like, oh my God. People are actually listening to the show, and a lot of them are 21, and they're like, yeah, Nando's is fine. That's mostly what I got from it. It's good to know. But I would like to hold my strong, not-at-all-nuanced opinion, uh, because it's more funny to me to objectively believe that no, no Zoomer is going to Nando's. Yeah. Just don't do it. Go somewhere else. Have some self-respect. Consider Spud Bar. Yeah. I think if you saw a whole bunch of 17-year-olds eating at a spud bar, I think that would be a sign that something had gone wrong. Yeah. I think it would be both be fucked up. ominous and portentous. <laughs> it's time for Omen's Importance. You shall see hail fall from a clear sky and burn as fire upon the ground. You shall see darkness cover Egypt when the sun climbs high to noon. And you shall know that God is God and bow down to his will. It's a story from WYCN News in Boston. The Constant humming in dead of night mystifies sleepless Peabody residents. Mm. I think we've been too we've gone too long without a mystery noise mm. segment. Yeah. I was thinking of you when I saw this. Yeah. You Going love back a hum. to the the mystery scream. Yeah, the big the grinding scream metallic from, um, sound. From Jim's wet dome. Yeah. Is that huh what a what a wonderful memory you got there. Yeah. <laughs> this starts off so well. This is maybe the perfect Buta Vista opening sentence for an article. People living around a gelatin plant in Peabody, Massachusetts, are used to the smell. 
Not the noise that they say is waking them up in the middle of the night. I guess if you move next to a gelatin plant, yeah. you can't you can't complain about the gelatin honey, smell. Honey, do, can horses scream? <laughs> is this new? Do horses hum? Do horses do oh, an hmm. almost subsonic vibration? <laughs> oh no, the horses have discovered religion. <laughs> Relaxing <laughs> 432 megahertz horse hum. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, it's just this constant humming, neighbor Beverly Dunn said. A neighbor is such a funny word here. She's, she's just a neighbor. Yeah. A neighbor to the gelatin plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the place where they render the horse hooves? Yeah, they're my neighbors, in, in a sense. The noise from the direction of the Rootalot plant goes off about 1 to 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> that's daily, real, according that's to That's real neighbors. hum hours. Mm. Who up humming their horse? <laughs> 3.42 a.m. going back for more humming ominously. <laughs> Quote, a lot of people say, oh, it's been a factory for all those years. Yeah, it has, but we've never had noise like this, Dunn said. <laughs> so it's new. Yeah, the humming mm. just started. Which Ominous. Is, yeah. Some residents tell NBC10 Boston they've not had a good night's sleep in more than a year. That's a long time it's to have that a problem. really long. I would have yeah. moved by then. How yeah. loud is this humming? Yeah, how loud? You can't sleep through it? It's like all the background noises in a razor head. It's just sort of permeating everything. Yeah. Vibrating your teeth in the middle of the night. Probably should see that. NBC10 Boston contacted Rousselo. I can't tell if it's Rousselot or Rousselo. It could be French. Rousselo. Let's say that. With concerns from neighbours, but did not hear back by late Tuesday night. Peabody councillor John Turco said he was going to speak with the city's health department about the issue. Quote, With the amount of residents that have complained, and I believe it's more than half dozen so far that have had issues with this, I think it's most definitely something we need to look further into, Turco said. If it needs to become an issue that we bring before the Peabody City Council and the Mayor's Office, then we'll definitely do that. NBC10 Boston reached out to Peabody Health Department, but did not receive response as of Tuesday night. It's just like the, the meat thing. The, uh, the the butcher that just abandoned his shop with a whole bunch of meat in it, and everyone's just like, well, we tried calling them. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't pick up. What yeah. else are you going to do? Couldn't yeah. knock on the door. That'd be rude. Here's the thing. If there's an ominous spiritual hum emanating from the far factory. Uh, I'm gravitating towards it. You yeah. better believe I'm I'm being pulled pulled in. I'd you better hear believe it. that your body's being lifted up from your bed, sort of yeah. cruciform, mm. and then you're gently Astral gliding projecting. towards the hum. Yeah, I might go there of my own free will. It's my it's my decision. <laughs> I might stand around listless, listlessly with dozens of my fellows staring <laughs> at the source of the hum. <laughs> Pushing at the uh, at the razor wire fence until it bends and breaks. Till there's a critical mass of Peabody uh, residents <laughs> sympathetically doing the hum themselves. Maybe they already are. Yeah. Maybe they are the hum. Maybe yeah. that's what's happening. This journalist clearly too scared to go and listen to the hum. Well, yeah, I would Didn't like to go for it. Why don't you just like get a Zoom recorder and go out and record the hum? Mm-hmm. Like if it's happening. Oh, that's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Can't of course, right now the hum is sort of. Local to the horse glue factory. Are you suggesting the hum is maybe some sort of mimetic yeah, virus? Maybe some sort of, <laughs> some sort of Pontypool-esque language. Mimetic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can add a one to that counter if you're keeping track of those. Peabody is no stranger to strange noises. Oh, t- tell me more. <laughs> Go on with that. After three confirmed earthquakes and multiple other mysterious booms last summer. <laughs> yes. Officials sought to calm the shaken community with a public forum where a Boston College seismologist spoke. <gasps> Don't like this. Like, move. Just fucking move. Just move. Get out of there. <laughs> Au contraire. I love this. Mysterious you booms. Pe- you want to move to Peabody? <laughs> also, like, so they've said mysterious booms, and they said a seismologist came and spoke to the town. But it, it, they didn't say where the seismologist explained no. what the booms were. Yeah. They don't know anything about booms. Yeah. I'm a seismologist. I can tell you about the three earthquakes we had. And we called but... the University of Boston. It says uh, that, that Dr. Menzelhurst has never actually worked here. It's weird. My phone call was directed to Miskatonic University. How yeah. very interesting. <laughs> I, I'm also assuming that Silent Hill didn't become the Silent Hill that we know today overnight. Yeah. Right? Like, there must have been, a, there must have been signs, right? 
I think probably when the the coal fire started. Yeah. Below, it's probably the first thing that started making it the town from Silent Hill. Sure. Whereas instead of a coal fire, they've got just sort of a horse vibration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Horses <laughs> just started vibrating, and then ten years later. <laughs> Everyone was vibrating. And they're down there rubbing their legs together like crickets. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we think this is. It's horses vibrating in there. I think well, so. I'm well, prepared I mean, to accept that. I'm putting two and two together. Although I don't know if... Oh, this is so depressing. I don't think the horses arrive at the gelatin plant alive. I don't even... They probably... Isn't it pigs? In gelatin? Isn't it pig fat? Or am I confused? No. Is no, it horses? No, it's horses. horses. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm just saying that. Just going to learn this on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) Gelatin is made from the bones, hides, and other parts of animals, including horses. Yeah. So it's multiple animals. The first result, if you Google gelatin horse, which is what I did, is, uh, you know, Google's little thing where it gives you a preview. In the horse industry, gelatin is used as a feed supplement to aid in hoof and hair <gasps> growth and to strengthen the hoof. Don't give them that. You're yes. feeding the horses horses. It's a perfect circle. You're no making wonder they're humming. Autophage horses. <laughs> Equine autophages. <laughs> That's fucked up. That That's... is fucked up. I mean, maybe they're giving them the pig gelatin. Oh, you're making they're, they're using horse free. <laughs> Horse-free gelatin. Horse-free gelatin for the horses. <laughs> horse gelatin? The, no. I think we, we actually have a, a classic horse rotavator situation going on here. Uh, first, first kind of spoken about by the industrial noise band Coil. So check them out. I think this is describing the exact circle of life that's being described in the song of the same name. <laughs> That's so fucked up. That's pretty disgusting, but probably... Oh, so we don't know. All right. We'll have a follow-up. Yeah, we'll... we'll as soon as we know, this. you'll know. Yeah. We'll contact the Peabody Health Department and the Gelatin Factory. Yeah, tell us what the deal is with those horses. Oftentimes, I'll look up the explanations for some mysterious things that have happened so I can say the follow-up on the show, uh, and then it's not that funny or interesting. Oh. Yeah. Makes Keep it a mystery. Accept the mystery, yeah. That probably won't take the record for the most disgusting thing that we've talked about on the show. It's time for Record Watch. <coughs> if I can... Oh, there you are. It's a story from press agency UPI. 178 people named Hirokazu Tanaka break Guinness World Record. That's a... F- pretty big coincidence it sure is yeah it was for balancing on a beam (laughs) for as long as possible a group of 178 people who are all named hirokazu tanaka gathered in japan and broke the guinness world record for largest gathering of people with the same first and last name the same name association of hirokazu tanakas or snart founded in 1994 Successfully broke the record in Tokyo's Shibuya Ward after previous attempt after a previous attempt in twenty eleven gathered seventy one people bearing the name and a twenty seventeen try gathered only eighty seven Hirokazu Tanakas. <laughs> so they've been around for twenty six years. And yeah. not gathering enough Hirokazu Tanakas. Yeah. And I mean that's their one they've thing. They've been patient. Yeah. They've stuck at it. Every year a new that guy. Hirokazu Tanaka, yeah. yeah. Just having a child giving birth to another Hirokazu Tanaka so you can try to break the record this time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, this I wonder... is my, my three sons and four daughters. <laughs> Telling your wife, oh, how about Hirokazu? I just think that's nice. I think actually Why Tanaka would be their first name because yeah. they're Japanese. Although I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, I feel like it's there. a lot of fun to pluralize it as Hirokazu's Tanaka. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like that's that's nice. The event took the Guinness World Record from a gathering of 164 people named Martha Stewart in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a fun little extra. Yeah, like, do you think that's like that's not a coincidence, right? Like more people with the last name Stewart would have had 
would have named their daughters Martha, I guess. Maybe. Like, did Martha Stewart go to this gathering? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Mm. Bit of a draw card at the Martha Stewart <laughs> gathering. I mean, like... Oh, you guys got Martha Stewart? <laughs> yeah, if you knew she was going to be there, you'd be like, well, this is probably my only chance as a Martha Stewart to meet the Martha Stewart. Yeah. On March 4th... 2005, billionaire mogul Martha Stewart is released from a federal prison near Alderson, West Virginia. They really sent her to prison. They did. That was a wild time. So that same year, do you reckon she maybe paid the uh, Martha Stewart organization to do their Guinness record in 2005 to fuck up the SEO for Martha Stewart (laughs) 2005? 2005. (laughs) It didn't work because it is definitely still the top result. Uh for that, but I mean, worth a try, I guess. Each member of the association was known during the event by an alias based on their favorite food or hobby, including chewing gum, mm-hmm. hot pot, and mm-hmm. triathlon. Yeah. Now, hot pot I can get behind. Your I favorite fi- food is chewing gum. Yeah. That's I mean, or up, it's man. a hobby. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Hirokazu Tanaka, 53. <laughs> <laughs> no, during the event as semi-leader founded the group after someone sharing his name was drafted by Nippon Professional Baseball's Osaka Kinsetsu Buffaloes. Now the oh, Oryx Buffaloes in 1994. He got on the Buffaloes. Hmm. What the? F- what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't know a single thing about Japanese one baseball. Of my, one of my fondest memories sitting in a fucking tiny little Japanese restaurant and they had like six TVs with the baseball on. It's pretty good. They got those sick mascots. And I think I've already told my this story, but my, my dear friend Andrew, not not yeah. this Andrew, but the different I didn't, Andrew. I didn't think so because he said dear friend. Yeah. <laughs> my colleague. <laughs> was was there with us and they were watching the baseball and they had, for some reason, I, all of them had the long, you know the long balloons you get, right? But these ones were wiggly like a crinkle cut chip. Um, and then at some stage, and they must have been full of helium because at some stage they all let them go and all these wiggly balloons are shooting into the sky. And Andrew is just like trying to get the chef's attention. He's like pointing at the TV and and then he makes the like <laughs> jerk off and then throw the cum motion <laughs> in relation to the. And did, uh, how did the chef respond? Uh, everyone was. It was very funny. It was perfectly timed, perfectly executed. Uh, it's One of so the funniest things I've ever witnessed in my life. So great that some things just completely transcend cultural boundaries. Uh-huh. Now, again, this happens to us every single time. We have powered through our stories because Andrew's not here to talk about getting a stick in his leg and the hole not closing up abruptly. Yeah. Which means that the story that we are probably going to end on is extremely fucked up, uh, and I would like to apologize in advance for that. But it is time for a very upsetting edition of Crime Watch. a story from the Washington Post. Nurse accused of amputating man's foot for her family's taxidermy <laughs> shop. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said it was not going to be oh, funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I did say it was going to be funny. It's just fucked up. Just fucked up. Hey. Hey. It's yeah. a nice foot you got there. Oh, are you going to you you need that? that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary Kay Brown had plans for a dying man's foot, according to a recently filed affidavit. It's a standalone sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. 
As the registered nurse amputated her patient's right foot on the afternoon of May 27th, she told colleagues that her family owned a taxidermy shop, the affidavit alleges. Don't say that! Don't, yeah. don't tell your colleagues. Yeah, um, yeah. By the way, I ever tell you guys what my folks do? Yeah. <laughs> we do things with, like, sort of people's bits. <laughs> Oh, I don't you think have... you can sell a foot in a taxidermy shop. Oh, it wasn't for selling, but um, oh. we'll, we'll get into that in the okay. next two sentences. Her co-workers recalled her saying that she planned to take the 62-year-old patient's foot from the nursing home in Spring Valley, Wisconsin, and display it at the shop. From Forty... the nursing home? Yeah. <laughs> Not this at is... a hospital? No. This is... You have no idea how fucked this I gets. do it in the... Buffet table? Should a registered nurse be amputating? What is going no. on? Uh, is the answer to that question. <laughs> According to them, she wanted to put a sign next to it that said, Wear your boots, kids. Why? And we'll get into that as well. So this sets up a lot of things before it answers them. Brown, 38, was charged Thursday with two felonies. Mayhem and intentionally causing great bodily harm to an elderly person. Holy sh- <laughs> Need Do you to guys know, know what, what the is. legal definition of mayhem is? No. No. Uh, so this is entirely new to me. The traditional meaning of mayhem in like law as it existed in like the 1700s, 1800s or whatever was to injure someone in a way that would affect them in their ability to do combat. Oh, so shit. like their limbs or eyes. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's not going to do the most damage, but yeah. uh, they'll sort of take movement penalties for the rest of the combat. Exactly, they'll get like a disadvantage, so they'll have to roll two dice and take the lowest if they're trying to attack yeah. an enemy. Uh, yeah, it's so uh, it's causing like grievous bodily harm, which not like what I thought, which is. You know, just going crazy. And I don't really see this one. Like, second one, of course, extremely... The second thing she was charged with. Can you hit us with that again? Intentionally causing great bodily harm to an elderly person. Bang on. Yeah. Couldn't have couldn't have been any more specific to this case. First one, mayhem. I'm just going to go out and say, this guy wasn't going to get in any combat. Yeah, that's true. I don't think... I'm... I think you get to, like, 60 and your combat days are over. I feel like a good lawyer's just like found that and been like, woohoo. Ooh, yeah. We got fuck. an extra charge yeah, on our just, hands. Just tell everyone, just tell everyone you're going to go to the dojo after this. <laughs> this is so fucked up. Uh, so, as it's defined in the Wisconsin legislature, le- le- yeah, whatever. Sure. Mayhem is, uh, they've got here, whoever with intent to disable or disfigure another cuts or mutilates the tongue, eye, ear, nose, lip, limb, or other bodily member of another is guilty of a Class C felony. Learn something new every day on here. Oh, man. And then the fucking recommended people also ask below this is, is it legal to brandish a gun in Wisconsin? (laughs) What is the statute of limitations for torts in Wisconsin? Does Wisconsin have an assault statute? (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to put that one on the books. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's like the purge here, but only for violence. Well, yeah, yeah for going around and socking people in the stomach. Yeah, but you can't get their lips or eyes. <laughs> no. The Pierce County District Attorney has enhanced the possible punishment for each charge for after six years because she's accused of victimizing someone 60 or older. Brown, who declined to talk about the accusations against her when reached by the Washington yeah, Post on Monday afternoon. Good, good move. Yeah, good call. Faces up to 92 years in prison if convicted. Court records do not list an attorney for Brown. Kevin Larson, Administrator and Chief Executive of the Spring Valley Health and Rehabilitation Centre, said in a statement that he and his staff, quote, will continue to fully cooperate with the investigation into this matter. The person identified is not employed with our community, Larson added. The 62-year-old man wound up at Spring Valley in March, Pierce County District Attorney Hallie Hatch wrote in an affidavit. He had fallen at his home, and when the heat went out, suffered severe frostbite on both of his feet. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Several nursing home employees described his feet as, quote, black like a mummy. The they, didn't have to, they, couldn't, they didn't have to say it like that. I'm just no. saying that. They, they didn't have to do my man yeah. like a Tutankhamun. They could have just been like, oh, he looks, his feet looked very poorly. But yeah. supposedly more than one used the direct quote, black like a mummy. Several nursing home employees said yeah. black like a mummy. And all independently as well. Yeah. 
Mummy-esque, would you say? Oh, my God. So many traits of the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Both at the same time. What do you think it looked like? <laughs> like like a mummy. Jigs. <laughs> the man's ill health extended beyond the frostbite. In the weeks leading up to May 27th, hospice nurses cycled in and out of his room, expecting that his death was imminent, the affidavit states. A few days before the amputation, the man rolled out of bed. Tracy writes, the nursing home director's Nursing Homes Director of Nursing and Clinical Services told Pierce County Sheriff's Investigator Pete Koch. Uh, excuse me? Pete Koch, maybe. K-O-C-H. Yeah. His I'm already severely Koch. damaged right foot was further mangled in the fall, requiring rights to wrap it. The man, who was, quote, slightly coherent, stared at his foot and apologised for the smell it was producing, Wrights told Koch. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I told you this is a bad story. Oh, buddy. Around this time, Brown asked Larson, the nursing home's administrator, for permission to amputate the affidavit states. Larson said no, telling her to merely stabilise the foot instead because he thought the man would die within hours. Defying those expectations, the patient held on for several days, Larson said, prompting Brown to amputate the foot because she, quote, believed it was the right thing to do, according to the affidavit. Don't know about that one. I would probably ask a surgeon or a doctor... Around 4.30 on the afternoon of May 27th, Brown corralled and deputised her co-workers, identified only as Nurse 3 and Nurse 4, which Don't means everyone's that's a thing. still out there looking for Nurse 2, uh, to help her change the man's bandages, the affidavit states. When they went in, Nurse 3 stabilised his foot while Nurse 4 held his hand. Both nurses told investigators that, as Brown changed the bandages, she expressed disbelief that no one had amputated his foot, <gasps> according to the affidavit. Would you look at that? Would you look at that foot? It's basically falling off. How is that foot still on there? Someone yeah. should anyone, do something about anyone it. Anyone else going to amputate that? Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to? Or? Brown then did it herself. Yeah. Cutting the foot with yeah. gauze scissors. I'm sorry? I'm so- I don't excuse- think you're hey. supposed to do that. Huh? Excuse me. Mm. Yeah. So... You know how you made sort of like a sawing noise before when you were, yeah. yeah. So it was basically just hanging on by a thread. So, look, I'm not a big foot guy. I don't know a lot about feet, but typically they're held on with bone. Yeah. The foot bone's connected to the leg bone. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not buying these other nurses' stories. Well, They just weren't involved, but they were there. Yeah. Didn't even notice it was happening. Um, Nurse 4 had a different perspective. She said she was busy holding the man's hand when, all of a sudden, his foot had been cut off, the affidavit states. Bullshit. Only after realising what had happened was she able to figure out why the man's grip was, quote, extremely tight and he was moaning a little bit. (whistles) Two days after the amputation, the man told another unnamed nurse that he had, quote, felt everything and it hurt very bad, according to the affidavit. Oh, dear, this poor guy. Yeah. After amputating, Brown told, Brown talked about taxidermy and mentioned the, quote, wear your boots sign, both nurses told the sheriff's investigator. Nurse 3 said Brown mentioned taking the foot home to epoxy it, among other things, oh the affidavit God. states. Mm. Now, it feels like they should have a system in place, but maybe they, maybe nurses kind of chopping people's feet off with scissors is not an everyday occurrence that they have on the books. So they don't but, have like a rule for telling someone. Yeah, mm. to me, if a piece of body kind of exits the premises separate to that body's owner, it kind of needs to be like tracked. Yeah. A little In bit of paperwork Foot amputation book, yeah. yeah. Probably should go into like a... A locked medical waste bin to stop exactly this from happening. You're going to want to fill out paperwork three for amputated a foot to take home. Yeah, you don't just do that like a, you know, it's not a casual fucking. Yeah, if you work at Woolworths and you have to throw a bunch of shit out into the dumps, you have to like sign a thing being like, yep, I threw out all this markdown bread. And I didn't let anyone eat it. Yeah. And like this woman's just trying to take a foot with her. Quote, she thought it was weird that Brown wanted to bronze the foot, Cock wrote in the report. Yeah. I pretty agree. weird. I yeah, agree with Nurse weird. 4. A little bit I would weird. say everything about this situation is <laughs> oh, weird. Oh, sorry, I, that was Nurse 3. Weird. I agree with Nurse 3. Brown also talked to the sheriff's investigator, the affidavit states. She admitted to amputating the man's foot, even though the man never asked her to do so, conceding yeah. that the procedure... And also, she didn't get 
she, well, not so much she didn't get permission as in she tried to get permission and it was explicitly said no. Oh, well, you're going to love this then. Yeah. Uh, she considered that the procedure was beyond the scope of her work as a nurse and she knew no doctor had approved it, according to the affidavit. Yeah. She told the investigator that she suspected a doctor would deny her request, so she forged yeah. ahead without asking. Just a rogue nurse. Easier to ask for forgiveness than to not get permission because they won't do it because there's no reason for them to give you permission. So true. Although Brown failed to follow best practices by amputating without approval, yeah, Lars... Yeah, say that's probably Larson, understating the matter. Larson told Cock that he believes a doctor would have authorised the procedure if she had asked. <laughs> he stated that he knows that the hospice doctor would have for sure, Cock wrote in his report. Larson said that after conducting his own investigation into what happened, he determined that Brown had amputated the foot for the man's, quote, dignity and comfort, and because she, quote, believed it was the right thing to do, not for any malicious motive or to mistreat the patient, yeah. the affidavit states. After amputation, the foot was placed in a red biohazard bag and put in a freezer, although Brown pushed Nurse Ford to retrieve it so she could, quote, take it home to preserve it, yeah. according to the affidavit. You know where that foot went? Can I have a look at that foot just real quick? Just need to get that, that foot real quick. Yeah, I think I forgot something. I might have left my keys in that foot. Oh. <laughs> just going to go see if they're in there. Make sure it's still safely kept. <laughs> Wright's told investigators she nixed that idea, instructing Nurse 3 to monitor the 62-year-old man and make sure that if he didn't make it, his foot stayed with him. When he died, days later, his body and foot went to a funeral home where a medical examiner, noticing what he described as, quote, the unusual circumstances of the man's foot not being attached to his body, yeah, usually alerted investigators. Yeah, usually as a kind of one package. Yeah, it's not just like there's a loose foot kicking around in the box. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he died. Yeah. Now I feel bad. Yeah. Well, you didn't well, feel bad up they to this said, point? Yeah, they sort of said a, a million times in the story that he was days away from death and stuff. Yeah. I thought maybe he made it. Maybe he bounced back. Made it where? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's... Oh. They should have at least given him a hammer for like a little bit just to go wild, I think. Just let him <laughs> fucking smash up the joint. For yeah. Like... That's fair. In, in return. Brown later told Cock that leading up to May 27th, the man had been talking to about how he suffered less pain when the nurses pressed gauze slathered in Vaseline on his foot to keep air away from the nerve endings. She told them that, by amputating, they would be able to press the gauze right on the stump. Quote, She stated that she was trying to make the quality of life better for him, Cock, the sheriff's investigator, wrote in the report. When she is thinking of herself in this condition, she would have wandered it off. Well, Maybe take your own foot then. Don't mention the boot thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, you shouldn't have mentioned the boot thing. Would have been maybe believable, if yeah. not. It kind of, yeah, just you shouldn't a have hole said in your story. You're going to taxidermy it. Yeah. So just to sort of circle back to the start here, she was obsessed with getting it for her family's taxidermy stop at shop as a warning against getting frostbite? Yeah. Hmm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe, like, you're too desensitized to, Yeah, I like... think doing taxidermy does something fucked up to your brain. Oh, I, kind of I don't think nursing, you should do that. But, yeah, oh. the combination. <laughs> like, if you're seeing someone's body part and you're, like, doing the Tex Avery wolf eyes while you're looking at it, <laughs> Ooh. you're like, oh, huh. this would be a good morality tale Gosh. for children. Hungry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the worst story we could have possibly ended up. <laughs> it's just, it's got everything. Yeah. Horrible details of a bad injury elder abuse it's all there but it did go pretty hard yeah it went low-key hard for real yeah no doubt no cap no cap bussin we've had like a lot of surgery talk on the podcast lately we sort have of generally speaking that's not always my favorite no <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how this keeps happening i'm not yeah. in charge of that yeah like it's usually andrew it is. I'm not to say point that, fingers, but yeah. I'm pointing oh, yeah. them directly at Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge of the other non surgical content. That uh, man loves to get surgery and then talk about it. He, he does, does, huh? He's, that man has been operated on so many fucking so times. So many times. Last, for a relatively healthy man. Yeah. He's always going under the knife for and something. He loves getting on that table. Yeah. He loves it. He's getting, just waiting. Getting up in the stirrups. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for one of his body parts to start swelling up. Woof. Yeah. 
Oh, kidneys feel inflamed. Cha-ching. Hospital time for daddy. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's good that any time Andrew's not the show, we spend some time slaying him off because he will never hear it. Yeah, That's true. He will never listen back to this. And if any of you listening to this snitch on us by sending in an email, I'll just delete it before he reads it. Mm-hmm. When you guys say I have diarrhea and stuff, uh, listeners absolutely snitch on you. So, <laughs> mm, Well, yeah, but that is like the large reason that you miss out on episodes most of the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why you weren't on the most recent one you weren't on. Probably was because yeah. I had food poisoning. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Are we wrong? <laughs> well, I think that technically was an episode of the podcast. Bunch sure of was. No surgery talk in the next episode. That's yeah. a promise That's from a me promise. to you, but uh, it, I only guarantee that for the bonus episode. If you want a chance to hear Ben be wrong, maybe. Yeah. Why not sign up for the Bunch of Vista Patreon? Well, that's it for this week. Um, be safe out there. Don't go taking people's feet. Wear your boots. Yeah. Wear, wear your boots. That's why you wear your boots. Mm. Because a few steps down the line, a nurse might cut off someone's foot if you don't. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.